Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like a family, it is so beautiful to see you and familiar faces. You make us feel welcome and good. All right, and we're here to make you feel that as well. So welcome to night one of the second night. Okay? I don't know how to say it. Yeah, you get another night one. So do we. Hey, out there, rock and rollers. Welcome to episode number 128 of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. I am your host, the Wolf, Mac B, and I will be joined, as always, by my partner in crime from the East Coast of the U.S., Gary Action Jackson. And Jackson had to stay behind while I went to Amsterdam to see Metallica kick off their two-year world tour on the 72 Seasons album, The No Repeat Weekend, where they go to a city somewhere in North America or Europe for two out of three nights, like a Friday and a Sunday or a Thursday and a Saturday, and they don't repeat any songs. Two totally different set lists, two totally different opening acts, and I thought it would be cool to share that experience with you all, whether you're going to be able to see them down the road this year or in 2024, or maybe you can't make it. They're not coming to your town. It doesn't line up with your schedule. It's out of your budget. Whatever it might be, if you're going to miss it, hey, that's why we're doing the show. We're here to spread the word on the rock and roll music that we love, to keep it alive. And I had a special opportunity, used to live in Amsterdam, bought tickets to see Metallica both nights, had to move back to the States, but I said, no way, man, I'm not losing my opportunity to see this tour. So I went back for a few days, and we did night one on episode number 127. Hopefully you check that out. If not, you may want to hit pause here. Go back and download the previous episode and listen to that before you listen to this one. You could have gone to either night, and I think you may have liked the set list maybe a little bit better the night before, but maybe not. I got some comments that some people actually like the second night better. So that's up to you to decide, but listen to both episodes, and you can let us know if you were there, which one you like better, or which you would prefer to see if it were you. And we have a little bit of fun news here. We do now have the Ugly American Werewolf in London rock shop for you. Yeah, we're going to offer up some t-shirts for men and women, long sleeve, short sleeve, a couple of designs. We've got the old school logo that you might see on your phone as you are listening to the podcast. We've also got our 2.0 logo that we love that you've probably seen on social media a little bit. 
So whichever one is best for you, you can get that on a t-shirt, you can get mugs, you can get cups, you can get stickers, and we just kind of get started with this. So please go check that out. You can go to our Twitter page, which is at ugly underscore werewolf, and check that out. For those who want to type it in, it's ugly dash American dash werewolf dash in dash London dot myshopify.com. Lots of words there. But we really appreciate it. People are always asking, what can they do to help the show? And Rick, a, a five-star review wherever you get your podcast is huge for us. It really just helps us find more rock and rollers like you and helps spread the word on the show. But if you are a fan and you want a little merch, hey, go to our shop, pick something up, and then absolutely send it to us on social media. We want to see you wearing it. We want to see who you're giving it to. We want to see where you are. So absolutely share that with us. And we always like to share that we're part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a network of about 100 great shows music-related, really something in there for everybody. You can go to PantheonPodcast.com to learn more. You can check them out at Pantheon Pods. There is a cool app that you can download where you can get all the episodes. You get ours you know, a few days later, but you can get most everybody's putting their episodes on there at some point. Worth checking out. And if you're into shopping, besides going to our shop, you should definitely be going to RareVinyl.com, our fantastic sponsors, based in the UK, who've been doing this for 40 years. Guys, they've got a quarter of a million items in stock. They have some really rare stuff. I mean, they've got the typical stuff like you find at lots of different record stores, but they've got stuff that you won't find anywhere else. They've got in-store display items that are hard to find, first edition, first print records, LPs, 78s, singles, CDs, tour programs, posters, all sorts of amazing stuff. I saw some killer Metallica box set stuff in there. So while maybe you want an Italian or Dutch release of a Metallica single, you can find that. But maybe you want something that's several hundred dollars, hard to find, still sealed, box set. You can find that at Rare Vinyl as well. So go to rarevinyl.com, use the code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and save yourself 10%. They ship all over the world. So you get something like a $300 Metallica box set. Save yourself 30 bucks, man. It'll at least knock the shipping off for you. They're great folks. They've done really well by us. We're proud to be a part of it. Thanks to rarevinyl.com. But you should be using them to find that rare, that special album. They take great care of it. They go to great lengths to procure this stuff and keep it in good condition to you. Ship it wherever you need it. Rarevinyl.com or EIL.com and use code PODCAST. As far as Metallica goes the second night, I had a lot more fun even the second night because there were people suddenly that I knew there, right? It's kind of a family. The folks around you, they all came back. So we're all high-fiving, shaking hands, hugging, welcome everybody back, having a beer together, getting ready for the big show part two. And though we knew some of the songs that they were going to play based on the first night, we didn't know exactly what they were going to play. So it was fun to find that out together, right? There's no setlist.fm setlist up there yet. These are the first two nights of this epic tour. Plus, there were some changes in the opening act lineup, which we'll get into here. But Floor Jansen, amazing. She's fantastic. That's all I'm going to say about that. From the first time I saw her, I was like, wow, she is amazing. No five-finger death punch. We'll get into that on the show as well. But she was amazing. She went over a fan for sure. And I bet I was not the only one. Metallica ruled the night. They ruled the kingdom of the Netherlands. Although I don't know if it's a kingdom anymore. But there was King's Day on Thursday. But this is the Saturday show from April 29th, 2023 in Johan Krauf Arena. Which is really more of a stadium than an arena, guys. But anyway, amazing start to the show. The sun was coming in from the rafters. 
So the lights from the sun were blasting everywhere. The lights from the stage were blasting everywhere. The sound was fantastic, especially compared to the first night. So that second night was special to me, and we're going to go ahead and jump in on it here. This is Metallica, live in Amsterdam, night two of their epic world tour, right here on The Wolf. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So night two, you heard me in the first show say, oh, I forgot my earplugs. Boy, that was dumb. Mm -hmm. Well, night two, I brought my earplugs, but I didn't use them. So I don't know which one is dumber, Um, which kind of sucks that I'm dumb. You know, it's like if I was good looking and dumb, I would get a pass, but I'm the ugly American werewolf and I'm dumb. It kind of seems like I don't... Like fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Swing and a miss, strike two. Ugly, dumb, and deaf is no way to go through life, son. So, but really, this was this was like a forty-eight-hour pause here or intermission because you went back forty-six. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Same, same seat, same everything set up was the same, right? Like you got there, like nothing had changed. That's right, except for the two opening acts and the Mm. set list for Metallica. But then, yeah, and it was kind of cool because when I got down there, everybody who I was sitting with the first night were there, you know, and they were welcoming. (laughs) You know, I was like shaking hands and high five and hugging people, and we're buying each other beers and stuff. And they're like, "Oh yeah, check out your podcast and stuff like that." So I'm like, "Yeah, it was it was good." And and I met some more. They're actually a fair fairly good number of Americans near where I was sitting. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, some of them live there uh, in the Netherlands. You know, I met a young couple who were, I don't know if they're from California or Chicago, I can't remember. I mean, I think their families are from India, but they're American, you know, young folks. And I was, you know, I talked to them before the show, like, I I saw Metallica before you were born, you know, which is true. (laughs) I mean, it was... It was it was more than thirty years ago now, Jackson. February twentieth in Fort Myers that we saw them on the Black Tour in nineteen ninety three. Crazy, but then yeah, there was a there was yeah. a couple from Dallas there. There's a young woman who lived in Eindhoven who was from somewhere in America. I don't know, but it was cool. And you know, and I met I was sitting right next to this huge dude. He was from 
I think Dubai, but he lived in, in the Netherlands now. He was kind of catching me up on, on some cool stuff. I'll talk about him to the show. But it was good to have kind of like a little family, right? Because everybody's yeah. back. And and, yeah. and a metal show, you know, people tend to kind of take care of each other. I remember when I was down in Florida, I was talking to a friend about how I'm going to see Iron Maiden with you this summer and talking about, and she was like, oh, man, I'd be scared to death to be at an Iron Maiden concert. I'm like, look, I've been to a lot of metal shows, and I've never really been scared. I was a lot more scared of that Dead & Company show than I went to you with because there's all these people just on all sorts of crazy drugs. You don't know what they're going to do, you know. <laughs> Not to mention, you know, it used to be like it was just old hippies at the Grateful Dead shows. Now it's like people who've never had a job and are whacked out of their minds. Like, and are you going here to pickpockets? Are you going here to how do you awesome. get by? Yeah. So, no, I was... It was great. It was a nice community. And once again, I mean, I have front row of the stadium. Obviously, there's lots of people on the field, but front row, so nobody really walks in front of you. And if they're going mm-hmm. to get beers or go in the bathroom, they can walk behind you because I'm standing up during the show, you know? So it was awesome. Right. And like we talked about on the on the last episode here, right. you, don't really, you don't really know what you're going to get. Like, you, you kind of have an idea, but you don't really know what the stage is going to look like, you know? But now you did. Like, you sat down, you knew exactly what was going to happen exactly what the you know what you were going to see what you weren't going to get to see and so my first question is tell me the sound was better okay yeah no and and every and it first saw you know i'm talking next to my buddy from dubai there and we're just mm-hmm. nodding at each other like yep they fixed it or that okay. is way better you know that okay. is good news kind of thing so yeah kirk you could hear now I'm a guitar guy, so I still would have liked him to maybe been turned up a little bit, but mm-hmm. I couldn't hear him at all on Thursday, and I could hear him very clearly on on Saturday. So okay, that's good. Nice. I mean, that's still that's still that's ridiculous. I can't believe, but it was the but it was the first show of the tour, right? So, eh, but still, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time with professional people. You'd think they would have had that right off the bat. But. Well, yeah, or by the third or fourth song, right? right? It's like, you know, okay, we can't hear Kirk. All right, well, let's fix that, you know. Mm-hmm. But maybe it was a thing that was an actual problem. So, like, okay, we're just going to have to do that on Friday or, you know, or yeah. Saturday, you know, kind of thing. Before we get too deep in the Metallica show, I want to talk a little bit about Floor Jansen and Ice Nine Kills. Okay. Okay, so I mentioned in the first part here, I didn't really know who Ice Nine Kills were. Turns out that it is the side project of Floor Jansen, or Jansen, who is the lead singer of Nightwish. Okay. Lead singer of Nightwish, which I guess is kind of a Finnish band, and a, a guy named Donnie, who I used to work with back in the day, he kind of... He, he, he turned me on to them and said, you know, they're kind of melodic, proggy, but but metal, you know, they're Finnish mm-hmm. men. I'm like, okay, well, I'll check them out. And had this female singer who had this really powerful voice. So I sit down and I get there at about the same time. I'm thinking it's going to be Five Finger Death Punch. I met these two guys in the bar at the hotel at the, the Amsterdam Hilton on Friday night between the two shows. After I'd been out kind of walking in Vondel Park and being in my neighborhood, I kind of came to sat down to get caught up on some stuff for the podcast, do some social media, that kind of nonsense. I saw him at the bar. One of them had a Metallica shirt. So I went over and talked to him. Their name's Stuart and Jay, and they were from like greater Minneapolis or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he told me, it sounds like Five Figure Death Punch is not going to be there. I heard a rumor that they're not going to be there for whatever reason. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. And then I get there and there is no Five Finger Death Punch. It's Ice Nine Kills. Ice Nine Kills is the side project of, of Floor Jansen. And then this guy from Dubai sitting next to me is talking about how she's kind of a, a national heavy metal treasurer. And she does this side project that's that's really popular here in the Netherlands. And she was on a TV show, I guess. Okay. And she did a performance of Phantom of the Opera with this guy, Hank, who was, I guess, a Dutch opera singer. And it was, it was on TV and it was incredibly popular. So we're all kind of hoping that maybe she'll do that tonight. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, that's cool. I like Phantom of the Opera, so, so let's find out. 
So I'm, I'm watching her show, and she's got about, it's her and five other people, I feel like. She's got a, a female bass player. She's got, I think, a couple guitar players, a drummer, and then like a keyboard, dude. So And, and I'm really digging her voice. She's really awesome. She's got a lot of power. Mm-hmm. It's got, got that female, that femininity vibe to it, yet still with all the rawness of a real metal singer, you know, I'm like, oh, well, this this woman's pretty awesome. I'm digging her. And then I'm seeing, you know, she's got like a halter top on and then she's got, you know, something like covering up her belly. I'm like, oh, has she gained a little weight? And he's like, no, she's pregnant. She's like four or five months pregnant. I'm like, are you kidding me? She's out here <laughs> commanding a metal stage in front of thousands of people and she's four or five months pregnant? What a badass broad she is, man. She is awesome, you know? Uh, and she spoke in Dutch and she spoke in English, you know? I'm like, she's really cool, you know? And then at the end, she did start doing that Phantom of the Opera song. And then here comes, I guess it was Hank. He comes out in his tails and his tux like he was actually going to be in the opera that night. I'm like, well, there's a weird dichotomy in front of a metal crowd, you know? But it was killers. They did Phantom of the, you know, the thing. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? She just won me over. Like, I'm going back to revisit Nightwish. I'm going to look up Ice Nine Kills. And I'm a fan of hers now because she is real rock and roll you go out there four or five months pregnant and you belt out songs the way she did in thigh high boots no less I was impressed. She she won a one fan that night. I bet I'm not the only one. Now, so I wonder how this actually came. Were they supposed to be on the bill at all? Right. They were supposed to be first, then Five Finger Death Punch, okay. and then, and then you know, Metallica. And then Metallica. And it looks like because Five Finger Death Punch couldn't do it, and I still don't know exactly why. I would be uh, interested because I've heard all kinds of crazy things about that band and people getting along, not getting along, throwing things, saying, that's it, I'm never coming back again. So who knows? Is that right? That's what I've heard. Like the guy that the guy that's the lead singer, I don't know what his name is, it basically said like, oh, I'm just retiring. This was probably like six months ago. Oh, just kidding. I'm coming back. And, and Moody, Evan Moody, I think his name is. Okay. Yeah, And he's had problems with pretty much, I think, everybody in that band at a time or two, you okay. know, just walking off the stage halfway through performances and everyone else is looking around like, okay, what do we do now? Okay. So they were supposed to be first, but they, st- they stepped up to basically be the only. Kind of. I mean, it looked like Floor did some of her solo stuff. Or, or just sang mm-hmm. on her own because I didn't get there, you know, at like six again. I got there at like seven because I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm not going to get there crack of dawn early, basically. But still, no comment from those five finger guys. So she did her thing, and then and then the Ice Nine Kills came out to to support her. It still says Five Finger Death Punch is supposed to be there with them in Paris the 17th and 19th of May. Okay. So we'll see. Mm. But we we I mean, no comment yet as to why they didn't. They just said, unfortunately, Five Finger Death Punch can't be here, so Floor is going to do it, and she. She's awesome. She is a badass metal chick, and I dig her the most now. Well, and that's so. a that's a cool just vibe to have too. Like, you know, what are we doing? We're missing a band. Hold my well, she's pregnant, so she's not having beer. But hold my beverage. I'll take care of this for you. We'll we'll do an extra set or extra couple of songs and keep the animals happy waiting for you. Yeah, exactly. It, it worked out. It Excellent. definitely worked out, and I was see. 
you know, I, you know me. I'm not going to go to too many opening acts these days. I just, you know, I don't have the patience for it. I don't have that much time usually. Right. And I'm like, you know, look, I'm going to get my two full hours in, but I'm not going to be there. Because like when we were younger, we're like, we're going to go there early. Well, you know, yeah. We're hit the T-shirt stand. <laughs> we're going to see every band. You know, we're going to, you know. And now it's like, okay, let me just get in there and get out of there as quickly as I can, basically. But it is nice to see... I understand you're not there for the opening band, but there is something to be said for hearing something like this and saying, you know what, I would have probably never listened to this before, but now I think I want to because they they blew me away live. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, and so that's why I was appreciative that it did work out that way. So yeah. now I'm more familiar with this woman and I'm going to re-familiarize myself with Nightwish. I just remember from there was a great movie called Hired Gun, which is a, kind of about the music industry and how like if you are a a founder of a band or you're a, a full-on partner, full share member of a band, you know, mm-hmm. life is pretty good. Cool. But there's a lot of people out there like they're just hired guns. Like, okay, you go play with Alice Cooper for two months and you'll get paid for those two months. And then it's like you're back on unemployment for two months, you know, basically kind of <laughs> right. Thing. And the dude, one of the dudes from Five Finger Death Punch, he was playing mm-hmm. with Alice. Right. And he's like, and he got asked to join Five Finger. And he's like, mm-hmm. this is an opportunity to kind of be in something, you know, Correct. from the start. Because he's never going to be Alice Cooper. There's only one of those, you know. Right. He's That's, always going to be, you know, a hired gun there. Yeah. That gentleman's name is, I think, Jason Hook is That's his Jason name. Hook. Yeah. And he's no longer in the band anymore. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> because, okay. Uh, you know, there, yeah, so, I mean, that was a great story because I saw the same thing. I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's cool that this dude could get into the band and then, you know, be a full equity share part. Yeah, and he's not there anymore. And he's, not, uh, he's like, I can't take it. Because that's anyway. what it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then who was he playing for? Mandy Moore, somebody like, I mean, some pop princess that, you know, I, you know I'm like, wait, that's your... I mean, I'm sure it pays well. It wasn't Mandy Moore, but it was somebody like that. And I'm it, like, it was, I'm sh- yeah, yeah. It was yeah, somebody like that. And then it was like, yeah, every so many months you get a call and you'd say, okay, we're going back out on the road again. Cool, mm-hmm. here we go. And then it was like, yeah, she's not going to do that anymore. And then you say, well, I got a house to pay for. Right, exactly. Yeah. What, uh, am I, what do I do now? Tough gig if you're not yeah. like in the band. Correct. But it was a great, it's a great show. This is Sunny Hollywood Pooney. And you are listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Why? Somebody has to. But let's get back to Metallica here because, you know, like we commented on, given the set list, if you could only go one night, you know, I'd say go the first night because it was so killer. I mean, it had, they played Master of Puppets, they played Seek and Destroy, they played Ride the Lightning and For Whom the Bell Tolls and Fade to Black. A few from the new album that were killer, a few from the Black album. They opened with Orion, which I love. So I'm like, all right, if I could only see one night, you know, that probably would have been it. But I got to tell you, the second night was just as killer. It was a lot of fun. I I, I had more fun the second night. It may have been because I knew the people around me a little bit better. Mm. It it may be because I knew I was going home the next day. And I wasn't just taking everything in so much, like blown away, like, oh, my God, look at that. Look at that. It was more like I could really get into it. I still think the first set list is a a hell of a lot better. But now that I've seen them both, I can kind of see how they set this up, I think. And I can kind of see where they're going to be plugging things in and out kind of throughout the tour a little bit. Okay. But we can we can kind of get into that here as we we'll, we'll walk through the set list a little more quickly, I think. Yeah, the the, the the cool part about this is I mean, this set list was up pretty much when the show was over, so I was looking at this thinking the same thing like, "Oh, what's this going to be?" They kind of went through everything, but I mean, I agree with you that the first night was better. 
but mm-hmm. this is not a bad set list at all. No, no, this is this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. this is really awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so like the first night, they're playing the opening after Ecstasy of Gold. They're playing the the op- They're playing the thing of Call of Tulu, just like they were playing the opening of Orion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they boom go into Call of Tulu. So I actually did make that call last time. Like yes. I'd like to hear that song, mm-hmm. and I was happy about it. Of course, I wanted to hear Creeping Death, and they came in with Creeping Death. Mm-hmm. right after it. So I'm like, well, this is a killer way to start this off, you know? Straight to, from Tulu to Creeping Death, I'm like, all right, now we're off and running. <laughs> This is awesome. And so obviously they hold Ride the Lightning in very high esteem yeah. because they played six songs in the two nights, whereas they played none from Justice on the first mm-hmm. night and only two the second night, you know. So I doubt I, it's because they don't like Justice. I just think maybe it's more accessible uh, Lightning. I'm not sure. I, th- I think so. I think that that is a big fan favorite. I know that you can't. I don't think you can discount the first record because it was the you know the debut and no one ever mm-hmm. heard anything like that before. But I think there's something about Ride the Lightning where it was like it, they had written songs together for a little longer. The production was a little better. They kind of had their they were rid of any quote unquote problems that they Mustangs. had. Mustangs, yes, <laughs> <laughs> correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but but you know, kill them all. I mean, you know, no four horsemen was the only real disappointment to me, mm-hmm. and, and no hit the lights, which, is, which isn't shocking. But yeah, as we get further and further away, and it is the 40th anniversary of their first album, Kill 'Em yeah. All. Hint, hint. And we Man. do like to do album reviews around anniversaries. Hint, hint. But <laughs> they, they only played one song off there, so. As, it seems like as we get further away, I mean, they have to kind of do Seek and Destroy, especially right. in four hours. But I bet, though, they plug some of those songs in, and, and I'll I'll talk about where I think okay. that'll be here as we move through the list. Third song, Leper Messiah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. good live. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, when I was when I was thinking about what will they play, they'll probably play something else from Master. I always think, oh, I don't really like Leper Messiah. And then I hear it, I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, that's heavy as hell. I love that song, you know? Because I don't really know the words. I guess I never have, except for the the chorus. Yeah. Or what you would call the chorus, I guess. Um, But heavy as hell live, man. And they're starting to use killer effects with the the lights and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the show is really off and running. And the thing is, because I have a really nasty old phone that doesn't work that well, and the, the video camera is not that great, nor is the camera. Still shots don't really work on my camera. So considering I'm still fairly, even though I'm in front row, I'm still fairly far away from the middle of the field. I kind of have to wait till James or Robert or somebody is on my side mm-hmm. before I film them. And I also still have to take a wide shot to get this little character in the foreground and then have like the screens of the big towers showing all the stuff above them. It's pretty cool to see it kind of all together. But because of the lack of technology on my phone, I kind of have to wait for my opportunities and I had to kind of wait for for James (laughs) to come over, you know. But he did come over for the fourth song until it sleeps. And honestly, I think there's a video of me like, is this I disappear? I couldn't even remember which one it was. I'm like, oh, wait, this is until it sleeps. And he said, yeah, I haven't played that one in a while. That's a good Mm. one. 
It's been 15 years since they played it. Huh. So now that brings that begs the question of, do you think that will be one that maybe they get rid of? Yeah, that's one that they can rotate in and out. So, yeah. I mean, if you look at, they start off, they both start off with instrumentals, right? Mm-hmm. Orion and Call of Tulu. They did For Whom the Bell Tolls on the first night and Creeping Death. So they did something from Lightning second, okay? Okay. Then to me, the next two are things that they might rotate out because the first night it was holier than thou. Second, it was King Nothing because it was King's Day. So like, okay. oh, we're going to play an appropriate yeah. song for King's Day. Okay, whereas the second night, that was Leper Messiah and Until It Sleeps, which is something they haven't played in 15 years. So I feel like that's those two slots might be where they switch something out. You yeah. know, do something maybe a little deeper cut or something they haven't done in a while or something that's fun with them. Okay, then after the first four songs, they then do three out of four of the next songs are new. They're from 72 seasons. It was the same way both nights. They do two new songs. The seventh song is a classic, and then Mm. the eighth song is new. They did that exactly the same both nights. So, But see, this makes sense. So if you're doing, I don't know, if if you're doing the lights or you're doing the visuals on the screens, then they can kind of match up on both nights, given mm. what you're playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So on this night, they did 72 seasons of the fifth song, which was really awesome. It was mm-hmm. killer. It was so fun. It fit in great. It was the first time they did it in front of a live audience. I mean, I think maybe they did that on like Howard Stern or Jimmy Kimmel or something. They did it somewhere before. But this is the first time they played it live. Second was, or six, was If Darkness Had a Son, also from the new album. And it was rocking. And then they went into Sanitarium, which mm-hmm. I think you and I both called they might play yeah. that. It was Fade to Black on Thursday. That's because they did Screaming Suicide. And I think it does make sense to do Screaming Suicide <laughs> and Fade to Black right next to each other, mm-hmm. content-wise. Um, and then they did Sanitarium, which I was psyched to hear. Like, yeah. yes, yeah, you here knew, we yeah, go. There was no way they were not going to play that. But, so, yeah. but I'm glad. I mean, I don't know. I no one asked me about the, the set list, but I'm glad they did because that song is awesome off of Master of Puppets. Oh, my God. He's getting better. Can't you tell? <laughs> no, he isn't. <laughs> so evil and it's uh, so good, you know? So it was like, that was one that I hope they played off Master the second night and they sure did. And then the eighth song was You Must Burn! Exclamation mm-hmm. point. The live debut. So worldwide live debuts of a few of their new songs and full performances of these songs. And look, most of the time, I've said this many times, you're playing a new song, that's the, I got to go take a bathroom break or you know, I'm going to go grab a beer or water or give my ears a break kind of time. Yeah, I really never felt compelled during the new songs to take mm-hmm. off. That doesn't mean I didn't run and make a bathroom break because you got to do it at some point at my age. But... <laughs> You know, it was still, uh, I, I thought the new stuff was awesome. It fit in mm. so well with the new, the, the older stuff. It's very heavy, but it's still good. It's not like crazy. It's, uh, it, it's very Metallica. So yeah, I think it's a real triumph for them. That, that's what I thought when I was listening to it the first time through, thinking it, I have, they're not all going to be familiar, but they sound, the sound fits into 
what you want to hear when you hear Metallica. Yeah, this isn't like a well, we're gonna we're gonna strip it down and go a little different direct. No, yeah. this is straight down the middle. We're gonna do some of those songs we did with Lou Reed. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, let's do an hour of that. <laughs> we're gonna slow it way down here, folks. Everybody wants to hear those songs. Uh, <laughs> it's, it sold so well. Um, so so yeah, but then it's like okay, well, all right, you did the three new ones that we we figured you do three new ones. You've done some killer stuff off of Lightning and a little bit of uh, of Bastard. I know you've got some Black Album songs mm-hmm. coming up because they didn't mm-hmm. play Sandman, they didn't play Unforgiven, and they didn't play Wherever I Roam. Like, well, okay, I guess it's time for that. <laughs> Number nine, it's Unforgiven, Boom. and they had. So we, we talked about the stage, how it's it's not a perfect circular, but it's 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 a round, right? It's in the round, and, and mm-hmm. there's a snake pit in the middle, so they kind of have to work all these different sides of the stage. They had a fixed acoustic guitar for James, so they didn't give him an acoustic guitar okay. to walk around with. They didn't change the tone of an electric guitar, so it sounded like that. They had one that was like in a spot. So he kind of had to be in this spot to play that, you know. But there might have been two, maybe one facing the crowd and one facing the snake pit. I wasn't 100% sure on that. There was definitely one facing the snake pit. So they let him do that. And it was all over the screens. People were going nuts. I'm like, this is awesome. I just hope they don't play Unforgiven 2 after it. amazing to hear the crowd sing along to the songs off the black album like they may Mm -hmm. know all the songs but i could really pick out the crowd screaming along to the black album songs like it's amazing what that album means to people yeah yeah and and you were talking about the people that you met who were not even born when we saw them right that's probably their metallica is the black album and then forward probably so although i was talking to those young folks those americans and uh, it was like man i wish i'd seen them in the 80s but i wasn't alive yet i'm like well yeah, that, that would have made it more difficult that's for sure because that was when they were just full-on not everybody knew about them mm-hmm. and you, like if you saw them on injustice for all like maybe on the van halen monsters of rock tour when they only had those four albums right yeah well, I don't know. I mean, I would like to see a full show because they probably didn't play it two hours, two and a half hours when they're opening that that festival kind of thing. So uh, they would have done some killer shows, I'm sure. But but to see them on that tour, I see them on Master of Puppets tour, I think is what I would like to see. Correct. But even you know, I'm talking about these people, even if you go back and listen to all of the old, like the 80s Metallica if your first intro was the Black Album, that will right. always be your... Kind of like we talk about Van Halen's 1984. Like, right. do they have better records? Yes. Will you take that away from me? Absolutely not. No way. 
Yeah. So you're right. Absolutely true. So the Unforgiven, it got a lot of big, big cheers there, and then they went straight into Wherever I May Roam. Yeah. Obviously, that's huge. They're screaming along to that. I wanted to take a, a second here to say, you know, I think they got the idea to do this from a couple years back. Lars was talking about in an interview how they have a buddy who like runs festivals in the U.S. And he was asking him, hey, why don't you come bookend some of these festivals? Like, I, mean, I got a Friday, Saturday, Sunday festival. Why don't you come play Friday and Sunday? And then Saturday, I'll get someone else to headline. And you mm-hmm. can bookend it. And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Uh, we'll do like six or eight dates of that. And then COVID happens and everything gets shut down. And then in 2021, they did about three festivals like that instead of like six or eight. One of which was Louder Than Life right here in Louisville, Kentucky, which I didn't go to because I was living in Europe. Plus, I'm not going to go to three days of festival. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but but they played Louder Than Life, which is September of, of 21. And they did two completely different set lists. And I'm not sure what the other festivals were, but they did two completely different set lists. And on the Sunday, they did the Black Album in its entirety backwards. So instead of 1 to 12, okay. they did from 12 to 1, okay. just because they could. Right. But that means on Friday, they didn't play anything from the Black Album because they did two totally different set lists, which mm-hmm. has got to be the first time that's ever happened since 1991. And then, I don't, like I said, I don't know what the other ones were, but I think that gave them the idea, what if we really did a tour like that? What if we mm-hmm. really did a long weekend in a town... We play two shows and we do no repeats whatsoever. I think that's what kind of put it in their head. Okay. And now, yeah, I just saw the first two nights of a two-year tour in about, was it 23 different cities around the world, around Europe and North America. And I was just like, I don't know, I was happy the whole time. I was smiling the whole time. Like I really felt like I was part of something mm-hmm. cool and special that a lot of people are going to get to experience, but not for a while. Yeah, because I, mean, I was I was looking at dates. I'm like, well, you know, they're not coming anywhere around here. Well, well, well they're playing. Uh, well, they're playing Gillette Stadium in in Foxborough. Fox that could yeah. be kind of fun to go up there. But that's in August, and I got. Oh, wait a minute. That's August of next year, 2024. Right. Yeah. Oh, this thing is going to go on. I mean, the Black Album tour went on for three years, but still, that concept that you saw the first two tour, the first two dates of a two-year tour. Conceivably, I could go see this show next summer. Yeah. We can talk about it all over again. 16 months from now. Yeah, yeah. It'll be the same tour, technically. But they have so much money and power now that they they can do that. you know. And it's like, oh, it's a two-year tour. It is. But it's only 23 cities in two right. years. That's not a lot of cities. that You're not seeing that now. You're playing a football stadium where you might pack in 80,000 people. Right. Okay, yeah, sure, they're making up for it. But they do that thing, like they tour for two weeks and then they take a week off and they fly home wherever they are in the world mm-hmm. and they go take a couple weeks off to be with their family, to, to take the kids to school. Then they go tour. They don't They don't play Paris for three weeks. They probably went home. You know, it's not like they're hanging out in Europe. They probably went home. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking because, you know, you keep saying tour. When you think tour, it's, yeah, you play a date here and then you play another date and then you maybe take a day off and take another. No, they're taking weeks off. Yeah. So what do they do? Take that stuff and they must just put it in storage. They're not going to ship the stage back to the United States to turn around and ship it out again. No, no. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. Or they put it on the trucks and then they park the truck somewhere until they get right. to Paris and then they can set it up. And I was thinking about that too. They must have to book it for three days because it's not like they rip it down right. that yeah. night and then they do something else there Friday and then they build it back up on Saturday. So they must have to rent it for three days, which you know is expensive too, mm-hmm. you know. But they mint money. And I was just thinking, you know, God, it was 500 euros 
which is more than $500 for these two seats for me. And obviously there's people in the upper deck that probably didn't pay nearly that much, but there's people, you know, who paid to be in the snake pit who paid a lot more to be mm-hmm. there, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if that's an average 500 bucks over two days, but 500 times 80,000 plus all the t-shirts, which they were selling. Oh my God, dude. And selling mugs and selling, po- I mean, they are minting money. Plus I bet they get part of the, part of the concession. Yes. That's, that's what I was thinking too. At this point in time, it's like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to give me some of this because I'm yeah, Metallica. Well, and you're going to yeah. sell a lot of it because of me. I mean, we're going to fill every single seat. You're yeah. going to come out way ahead. And and then, you know, again, tour means you get on a bus and you drive. No, 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 no. We fly in on a private jet. We get driven to the venue. And I'm sure they hung out in Amsterdam for the day on Saturday. And Yeah, know. in a five-star hotel. Correct. You know I mean? yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? It's not it, – and then, and then we're back home again. Yeah. But – I mean, kudos to them for doing it because they certainly do not need the money. No, they're not doing it for the money. They're doing it to have a lot of fun. And and mm. they were always thanking the crowd. And, you know, I remember one point, it's like, thank you for coming out and celebrating heavy music with us. You know, we are Metallica and so are you. And I know that's kind of just, they're pumping us up and they're, they're making us feel welcome. But again... That's kind of part of the metal family experience. Mm-hmm. Like when I got there and all the people from the night before welcomed me and wanted more stickers to give to their friends and stuff like that. And you know, I'm like, this is the metal family. This is the kind of way it is. And and that's the way it is, you know. I'm happy that y'all came here to celebrate heavy music with your friends with Metallica. Because we are Metallica and so are you. A lot of folks can't relate to their own family, and that's why they get into heavy metal music Mm -hmm. in the first place. And then you go out and you find your people. And Metallica knows firsthand that's why they made Metallica, because they were outcasts. Right. They're like, all right, Right. well, fine, you guys don't like us. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to make our own music, whether you like it or not. And eventually the world came to them. Yeah, and and like I said on on the first part of this deal, when I got to that movie theater, not the show, right? the movie theater... It was the same vibe. Everybody was like, oh, we're so excited to be here, not just to listen to this, but to be together and right. yell and scream at the screen and everything. And I'm like, wow, this is this band is I always knew they were big and still big, but you know, mm-hmm. it's been a it's been a long time since the black album, but they still have that command over the audience. I know, I know. I was just like, Well, when did Hardwired come out? Well, that was like four or five years ago, right? No, it was like eight years ago. I'm like, <laughs> has it really been that long? Or seven. You know, and I'm like, God, you know, it's time is starting to have its way with me all of mm-hmm. a sudden, you know, it's like, well, they made a few albums these last two decades. I'm like, yeah, what are they? I'm like, okay, well, there's St. Anger, which I didn't like. There's Death Magnetic, which was more of a return to form. Mm-hmm. There's Hardwired to Self-Destruct, which yeah, it's not that I didn't like it. Honestly, though, I, you know, I always get the deluxe version whenever I can. Yeah. And the third disc had B-sides and some live stuff on that that was really killer. And I ended up listening to the third disc a lot more than I had listened <laughs> to the first two. So I'm like, yeah, you know, they haven't done much. And the 72 Seasons is killer. It's mm-hmm. really, really good. And the yellow, I'm telling you, man, the yellow, which they use the lights and the screens and stuff. Mm-hmm. When they do the new songs, there's a lot of that yellow coming out, and it looks amazing on stage. It really does. Hmm. Yeah, and it's it's on all the stage equipment too. Like Lars has the the yellow drums. I think James has got a couple of he's got a couple new guitars. Yeah, yeah, that they're specifically for that. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It kind of draws you into like you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Yeah, and they all look great. I mean, they're all in good shape. James is still rocking his short haircut. Mm-hmm. 
Robert's still got that super long hair that he can braid if he wants. Yep. It's, it's so metal. It's so cool. Kirk's got the longer kind of, I'm a more refined rock star now. Like it's long, but I, you know, I keep it looking good. And then Lars just takes what he can get. Lars, Lars doesn't have much of a choice. He, he kind of has to wear a hat because he's. He no, he doesn't. Wanna... No, he does not have to wear a hat. Well, he could shave his head. Correct. Just do that instead of that weird. I know he's got that weird like skullet going on. Right. Yikes. The horseshoe head kind of thing. Correct. Uh, yes. You know, look, a shaved head is so badass. I, mm. And and I don't know why if you were in his position you wouldn't do it, but he can do whatever he wants because he's that's, incredibly rich that's and correct. powerful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. You get to see something special. There's a tape. It says there's a tape. So stop talking. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to the set list here. After wherever my Ray Rome, I'm like, okay, look, I know they're going to play one, and I know they're going to play Sandman. Mm-hmm. I assume they would probably do them last or close to it. So what are they going to do between the Black Album's hits and those two? Like, this is where I think it could mix up a little bit here. As you predicted, they did Harvester of Sorrow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's always a... I think that's one of those ones where if you... Like, I'm not a super big fan of it on the record, because, eh, whatever. But I think when you hear it live, eh, no, that's a pretty good track live. Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's it's heavy as hell. And I hadn't seen them play that in forever. Because they, they, they didn't play it definitely at Slain when I saw them four years ago. Yeah, they played it when we saw them 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I think then, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, eh, no, I like this song a lot live. And that was the last time I'd seen them play it. So it'd been okay. more than 30 years since I saw them personally play that song. So that's cool. Yeah. Obviously, they're not playing a ton of stuff from Justice, and they have to play one. Mm-hmm. So that was cool to me. I'm like, all right, good. I'm glad they played that because I like that one. It's, it's a killer one. And then they did, James kind of did a little crowd work there is like this is a song about dealing with fame and things like that and the pitfalls of it do you know what it is and i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) all right fresh you guys having fun yet knock it off (laughs) okay um we're gonna play a song from some album that we did I don't know, it's just all one big bunch of songs to me. Um, This one deals with fame and how it can get in your head, alright? Fame is an addiction if you let it in. Do you know what song it is? Nope. Oh, you do? Alright. Moth into flame. It's like, Moth into flame. I'm like, oh yeah, it's because it's from the last album. No, I don't know that, you know? But I saw them do that at Slain before, so it's like, you know, and, okay, so, but remember when I said they, they had those cool flames? Not only did they have the pyro, but they had the kind of flames on the screen during yeah. Fuel. Well, they reused those during Moth into Flame. 
So oh. it's a couple songs earlier in the set list, but this they can do the, the yeah. pyro, boom, boom, flash pots and all that stuff a little bit there. But then the 13th song, Fight Fire with Fire, then you really mm. saw the boom, 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 it was going off everywhere. Like they could do a little bit of that from off, but they, they really kind of saved it all for Fight Fire with Fire, mm-hmm. which again is a crowd favorite from, uh, from Ride the Lightning. Oh. Uh, so they played most of Ride the Lightning over those two nights, which I got to nice. tell you, I'm I'm psyched about. I, mm-hmm. I love I love that. And I guess did that come out in 1984? Yes. Yeah. Correct. So it, it'll be 40 years of that next year while they're still on this tour. Yep. So yeah, hit hit. We we yeah. might just be reviewing that in, in 2024. <laughs> I guess that's my favorite Metallica album. If you had to make me pick, I would say mm-hmm. that that's the one. Even though the Black album is the one you and I listened to together the most when it was new. Saw that tour. It was all over MTV. It was all over the radio for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Maybe that's because it was to shut down our throats so much that like... <laughs> I still like Ride the Lightning better, or it's just, it's my favorite. Well, I had heard Ride the Lightning and and Justice for All before the Black Album came out, so I kind of had that, that wasn't my first foray mm-hmm. into Metallica. So while, yeah, while I love the Black Album, I do enjoy Ride the Lightning probably that much better. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. And, and Moth and the Flame, my prediction was they do Hardwired, to self-destruct, mm-hmm. and they may on different yeah. nights. They may flip that out there. Fire with Fire, maybe because it's in about the same spot as Fuel, maybe they'll keep it in there. They want to well, play you have, Right, you have all the fire you've got to use. you got so. to use it, right? Yeah. So we'll see about that. It'll be interesting to watch the set lists as they come up in the mm-hmm. coming months here. And then 14th, they did Whiskey in a Jar. Mm-hmm. Which is a little surprising to me. It's not shocking. They did play it when I saw them at Slane, but we were in Ireland, <laughs> in a place where Thin Lizzy had played before. In fact, mm-hmm. I think they played... A couple times slain, they may have headlined the first Slain Castle show back in the 80s. So that didn't surprise me at all that they played it there. They also played Stone Cold Crazy at Slain because mm-hmm. uh, Queen had played Slain back in the day. So I was just, will we get Am I Evil? Will we get Last Caress? You know, will we get, you know, something else? Turn the page. Who knows? But they did Whiskey and look, it's good. It's fun, I guess. Okay. It's probably not the one I would have chosen just because I'd seen it before, but mm-hmm. the crowd loved it. Okay, well, that's good. I mean, that's that's not my favorite cover that they've done, but I yeah. mean, if the crowd is into it, then go for it. Right. And then, of course, we get into my introduction to Metallica and so many Suburbanites' mm-hmm. introduction to it from 1988 one. forever and they have all the video they have like it's like silhouetted soldiers walking into battle Mm. and then later in the song they're not silhouettes they're skeletons yeah uh and it's and it's killer you know you know what it's about you saw the video johnny got his gun you're like this is the most evil video i've ever seen in my life Mm. you know it was the first one they ever did right yeah and uh, back on MTV, mm-hmm. and it, it's this. This is still a killer song, and, and you're right. I think this was probably the first one I remember hearing, the first Metallica song. Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, like we're not going to do MTV. 
two reasons. One, it's cheesy. We're not like Duran Duran and Minute Work. B, your record company can't afford to make it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not going to put it on MTV anyway, so what's the point? You know. Um, but then eventually it's like, well, we're, we're a platinum-selling band. We probably ought to have videos, you know, mm. and it will open you up to a new crowd. And, you know, by the late 80s, when all that glam and hair rock and was so in, in vogue, like, okay, well, you want a real band with long hair, We'll give you one, you know, right. and, and that was it, one. And and at that point in time, they did have like Headbangers Ball where yeah. they played stuff like that. They weren't going to put this on in, you know, the middle of the day. Right. They do it at night. But I remember being in high school being like, wow, man, there's there's bands I don't even know about who, mm-hmm. are, who are heavy, <laughs> you know. And it was right when I was getting into Van Halen's like first album and like mm-hmm. Guitar Gods and Heroes and stuff like that. And I'm like, and just seeing Kirk play that solo, I'm like, wow, man, he's he's really amazing. Isn't he? yeah. So it was great to see it, you know, and, and the do you know the lights and everything going off and stuff like that it's like it is something in a place that big with that huge a stage it was just it was a spectacle it was something to behold i'm like wow would you look at this heavy man i was impressed good good because that's that's what you're looking for with something like that i mean it's it's a giant show you're there to hear the music but Mm -hmm. you also want the show you also want to say you know i can't just hear this on the you're missing something if you just listen to the simulcast or whatever exactly yeah yeah 100 and you know something else i wasn't thinking about because we talk about well you have to have microphones at the different points of the stage, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Lars had two or three, I think he had three different drums set up so he could be in different places on the stage. Kirk's got to have his pedal set up in four or five different places around the stage because he uses that wow, wow so much on so many mm. songs. Yeah. Wherever he is, he's got to be able to do that. And so that's what I kind of realized on Saturday night to see, because I, I saw him pressing on his pedal and making that psychedelic sound that he likes to make. He, you have to be able to do that in, in all sorts of spots. So, that rig has to work in four or five different places, and that can't be an easy thing to set up technologically. And it's probably a uh, couple of uh, milk of magnesia shots too for whoever set that up, because you know if anything goes wrong, it's just it's going to be horrendous. So yeah, the, to and 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 I don't know whether they do they turn them on and off so that you know no one hits right. anything because that would be weird and then it's like you got to coordinate i know you're in slot a or whatever it is and now i'm going to move over to c and then b okay make sure that i've got things turned on at the right time right and that seems like more could go wrong that way than <laughs> if you just had all four or five of them ready to go whenever mm-hmm. you know so, yeah or does yeah is is there one on pedal like he clicks the on pedal say okay i'm here now yeah this and then hot. he steps on the wall yeah. you know i I don't know. It would probably be for someone more technically intelligent for someone to explain how that works. That would probably be pretty cool. But just just amazing. And of course, they play Enter Sandman. I'm like, yeah, you, you know they're going to play this song, you know? Right. crowd is going crazy and they're all standing up but it was at this point that i'm like okay last time i was upstairs taking a piss Only once. and i came down 
to see, okay, what's the encore going to be? Mm-hmm. And then they said goodnight. Won't get fooled again. <laughs> I said goodbye to the folks around me. I ran upstairs. I took my pre-train bathroom break. And then I just walked out of there. And then when I got downstairs, even though there was nobody really in a hurry, I just kind of started running. I'm like, look, the more time I can save to get to the train, the better. And sure enough, yeah, I got up there. I got on the train, got home, was in the hotel before 1130. And it was the last song they played. So I Mm -hmm. did not miss anything. Not to mention I've seen them play it, you know, four times at this point. So Right, right. Uh, So the getaway is huge for me. And the getaway worked on Saturday night. And I just remember getting home and be like, wow. That's a whirlwind 50 <laughs> hours in Amsterdam. I was really only there for 72 hours. Like I got to the hotel a little after 7 a.m. on Thursday and I left the hotel before 7 a.m. on Sunday to go That's back. crazy. So. That, that's crazy to think that you could – That I'm sure it wasn't super easy, but still that you could get that done, see the two shows, come back, and you're ready to roll on Monday morning again is pretty impressive. <laughs> You know, look, from the very beginning, from the Kill 'em All all the way through to 72 Seasons, they basically hit every single album that they released, except for St. Anger, thank goodness, and of course the Lulu album, which is barely even worth mentioning. But mm-hmm. it was it was a blast for me because, you know, like I was psyched to do it. And then when I realized, oh, my God, I've got to move back to America, I'm like, I can't miss this. This is too special of a thing. Yeah. I already bought my tickets and I won't be able to get the same seats at an American venue because they're already sold, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to do this and and then bring that to the show because not that many people who have a podcast, especially in America, had the opportunity to see these two shows. So hopefully this gives folks a glimpse into how cool it was. And if you're going to go see them, whether it's this year or next year, you've got a little preview of of what it's all about. And I do not think you're going to be disappointed. Not with the spectacle. Yeah. And I'm glad that you did go because I know this was a big deal. I know that it was... You know, when you originally planned it, it was, oh, no big deal. I'll just, you know, leave the house, take the train and see both shows. But it definitely added a layer of complexity that you had to travel intercontinentally to get there. But uh, this definitely looks like not only worth going to, but going to both shows. Honestly, if you go to one, you're doing yourself Mm. a disservice. I mean, maybe you can't go to both shows for one reason or another. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you have to work or you have to be out of town or whatever it is. You can't do it. I understand. But if you have the ability, you got to go see both shows because the... The set list is going to blow you away, and it's mm-hmm. not like you're not going to enjoy it. It's it's a blast. Yeah, and and it's not like they're, they they did a, a really good job of the new stuff, the old stuff, and then kind of filtering out the stuff they know that are not fan favorites. Like you said, nothing off Saint Anger. That's right, right, and not <laughs> too much off Justice, you know, and yeah, break out you know older songs here and there, and, and they obviously they didn't do anything. Like I said, biggest disappointment was no Four Horsemen mm-hmm. for me, but. Other than that, I don't think I had anything I could really complain about. Absolutely. I mean, I was I was kind of a little bit interested to see the second uh, the second night because they did play they did a lot of high spots the first night. But now this is good. And the new stuff, I gotta give them credit. I, mean, mm-hmm. I remember seeing Rush when they did. Oh, 
what was it? It was the it was the last one they did with the oh, Alchemist. The, was it the Clockwork Angels? They did like nine new songs. I'm like, look, guys, I love you, and I'm glad that I'm here to see you do this. But you only get like four new songs, and, and that's it. Your, your catalog's too big. There should be other things I want to hear. So no, you, you can't you can't just do nine new songs. I don't care how proud you are of it. But you know, obviously, we knew if they're doing four hours over two nights, we were going to get probably half or more of the new album mm. and it's just it's just good that it's so good and it fits in so well with the classic material right right and and that's definitely what i thought when i heard that it, this is going to mesh well with the with the back catalog and yeah when you've got four new songs or i mean when you're only playing one night mm-hmm. you need to limit it when you've got like a 30 set basically 32 song songs catalog. yeah yeah <laughs> then, then yes play play a decent amount off the off the new album go for it oh what a blast what a special time it was for me to get back to amsterdam to see metallica two times on the 72 seasons world tour the two nights no repeat weekend of metallica really special time, man. I really had a blast. It's great to see rock and roll at that scale. I mean, I know that there's a lot of festivals, so you can see bands on a huge stage with a huge crowd, but that's for lots of bands. There are very, very, very few bands, period, artists, period, that can still command a stadium for two nights, let alone rock bands. And Metallica shows that they're still at the top of their game, that they're an all-time great band, still killing it every night out there. And all right, so there were some sound issues night one. That's part of it. That's part of going to see live music. It isn't always perfect. And yes, I paid a lot for it. And there's great anticipation. I should probably come on here and rant about everything that sucked or pissed me off about it. I'm sorry, that's not really what the show's about. It's about celebrating rock and roll and what we love about it. And I was there. And I had a great time. And I did these shows to share the experience with you and hopefully give you the chance to anticipate seeing them yourselves here in the next 18 months. I don't know if they're going to add dates or not. It's already a pretty ambitious tour, but we'll see. So as usual, I want to know, guys, did we get something right? Did we get something wrong? Did we miss the point? Did we leave out your favorite part? You have to let us know. You email us. It's UglyAmericanWerewolf at gmail.com. You can tweet us or DM us at Ugly underscore Werewolf or at ActionJack72 or at UglyAmericanWerewolf in London on Instagram. We've got a YouTube channel. We've also got a killer shop. So you want some werewolf gear, you want a t-shirt, you want a mug, you want some stickers, go to Ugly-American-Werewolf-In-London.myshopify.com. Go check that out. And of course, go check out our sponsors, rarevinyl.com. Go find something cool, some Metallica collectibles in there. Whatever your band is, use code podcast. Save yourself 10%. It's an amazing shop. Thank you to Pantheon Pods for helping to push our show around the world. And next week, well, I think we're back to our album reviews. We've got some fun stuff coming up. We've got some fun interviews lined up here for the summer that I really think you're going to dig and I don't know exactly which order they're all going to come out, folks. So you're going to have to just tune in. Please, if you're thinking about it, you want to help the show, besides going to our shop, besides following us and retweeting us, besides just downloading and subscribing, if you're thinking about it, wherever you get your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, Podbean, anywhere out there, give us a positive review. It just helps us find more rock and rollers like you helps us grow our show and gives us the ability to get more killer interviews and do more trips 
like going to see Metallica in Amsterdam. So until next time, to all you rock and rollers all around the world, be cool and stay safe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.